Talent Talk Tuesdays is all about harnessing your God-given talents to live with greater clarity, purpose, and joy. You are wonderfully made, my friends. May all we do be for God's glory. Hello and welcome to Talent Talk Tuesdays. I'm your host, Lisa Maladnik, and today I'm talking about two things that seem sort of contradictory, but they're really important And they are that, on the one hand, your gifts are beautiful, designed by God, beloved by Him, and precious, and need to be appreciated, cultivated, embraced, used, lived out, right? They're purposed. They're designed by Him. There is something luminous and inherently wise and precious about those gifts. God loves what He makes. He inhabits what He makes. He blesses it. And so we are made by Him, and we are His children, which elevates that sense of being his beautiful creation all the more. And yet we have to peacefully coexist with this idea that we're also flawed and we have inherent weaknesses in all of those gifts and that we they have to be redeemed every day and we have to confess our sins and and that they can be embarrassing sometimes and and that the enemy attacks our gifts and and that can all be very awkward and uncomfortable and challenge us to trust in the beauty of them in the purpose of them. And so the enemy gets right in there in that awkward place and wants to make this hard for us. But today I'm really talking about the inherent goodness of your gifts. I'm going to read again, yes, I repeat this a lot, from Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 30, okay? So God looked at everything he had made and found it very good. Simple as that, very good. So don't forget that he made you on purpose with care, with love. Your design is his. All the talents, gifts, tendencies. I know I say this all the time, but this is really important because there's a little awkward place in the, right in the middle of this that we need to get comfortable and familiar with and wise about. Those gifts and talents, in a sense, because they're from God, they're his design, they deserve for us to know them, identify them, love them, understand them. <laughs> They're not separate people. They're parts of ourselves. But appreciate them and harness them for him and aim them right at your mission. But to define that mission, your gifts need to be identified in your calling discerned, right? That's part of what we do in all sorts of new seasons of our lives. There may be new and different callings on those same gifts. So even the use of your gifts day by day and season by season must be discerned. And there are issues that I've talked about a lot on this show, self-management. Every gift has its weaknesses and blind spots, and so we need to just be aware of them, know what it is we have, know what our own challenges are. You have to understand where we're naturally strong, excellent, natural, luminous, and where we're naturally weak as a result. What are the things that are not so easy for us, or what are the parts of our strengths, kind of the underside of our strengths, where we maybe have some blind spots. And what are the places where maybe our gifts have been neglected, maybe through no fault of our own, but because we were very occupied in a particular season of our life, just doing other things and using other gifts. But maybe it's a time and we discern all these things for more development, for a chance to grow those beautiful natural gifts. There's also the issue of advocating for yourself, for understanding your gifts well enough to let other people know that the way God made me, or if you're in a secular environment, the way my mind works, or the way 
you know, the way I respond to these kinds of things is, and just it depersonalizes the way people respond to you and maybe misinterpret you. This idea of advocating for yourself is understanding yourself and being able to land well with others to help them get to know you and, and help them to understand even themselves a little bit by, by going, oh, okay, yeah, I can understand that. That's, that's the way your mind reacts or that's the way you feel in that circumstance. In other words, the more we get to know ourselves, the more we can hold that space for others to know themselves. And there can be a mutuality about that. And always do keep in mind, because of course we all suffer, suffer and struggle. Sometimes we're attacked by people or hurt by them or let down by them. Remember that our mortal enemy wants to get into all of that. He attacks our greatest gifts relentlessly all our lives. Why? Because they are very good. God said so. And he fears them. He belittles them and wounds them and shames you about your greatest gifts because they were made by God for a holy purpose. And the devil wants you to fear your gifts. Be ashamed of them and hide your light. But be assured, as you struggle with your wounds, with any spiritual warfare, even just struggles for wanting more clarity in your life, those fears that come up as you move into God's plans for your life, all those things that are just kind of natural struggles, just keep in mind that your gifts are very good. They still need to be managed. In fact, you get endorphins in your brain whether you use your gifts well or badly. When you're operating in a natural gift, your brain responds with this kind of pleasure reaction. And, and so we have to learn to be really aware of what it is we have. It's something beautiful, but it does need to be managed, okay? They're made good. They have enormous potential. So developing your gifts can get you so much. It can really bless your life. It can get you out of burnout and confusion. It can teach you that God's yoke is actually, in some ways, in beautiful ways, meant to be easy, and his burden light. That he's designed you in ways that you can befriend and grow strong in and find that much greater ease, excellence, peace, focus, clarity, energy, to do God's will, to give him glory. For instance, my activator, my let's go talent, I can get things started, I can motivate others to take action. That's part of how I'm designed. And because I'm also strategic, I'm super decisive. I'm quick to pivot when circumstances change. I learn, I'm adaptable, and in a, in a sense, visionary, because I can see way ahead about certain things. And I'm extremely motivated by that big picture vision that God is providing. So I'm wired for possibilities. But that rapid reaction, wanting to leap out ahead wiring, as I talked about last week, that makes me a natural leader, can also be its own trap. So last week in episode 45, I did an episode called Not Yet. So you know already, if you heard that, that God is teaching me that, yes, my gifts are good, but sometimes in his usual paradoxical way, he wants me to trust him and do something counterintuitive. He wants me to slow down, to mortify my impulses, to humble myself before him to listen and let him direct my steps and make my path straight. He tells me, sometimes, not yet. 
And even throughout the day, slow down, listen to me, take time to pray. And honestly, that grinds my gears a little bit. But when I do it, and little by little, I'm getting better. I've got some good habits these days. When I slow down to discern, (laughs) and I'm doing more and more of that, I'm not denying my gift, my very good gift for taking action. I'm pausing to listen, dying to self a little bit, getting my pride under control. I'm making space for God. Think about that for a moment, making space for God. (laughs) Our immense and almighty and electrifyingly powerful, beautiful God. He gives us the choice to make room for him or not. And he waits, full of love for us, gently calling us to his heart so he can guide us and make our paths straight because our gifts are very good, but they are incomplete without him. And I've mentioned lately my rule of life of sorts these days is Psalm 127. I'll read the first two verses. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build. Unless the Lord guard the city, in vain does the guard keep watch. It is vain for you to rise early and put off your rest at night, to eat bread earned by hard toil. All this God gives to his beloved in sleep. Again, that's Psalm 127, verses 1 to 2. I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic. I love what I do, and I can forget the time, and I can work from early morning until late at night without realizing it. I can suddenly realize with a shock that I haven't seen my family for a while. I mean, I do check in throughout the day. I have an elderly person in the house and a little dog that has needs, so it's not total blackout. But I keep coming back to Psalm 127. It's right up on the wall in front of me here because I want God to build my house the house of my soul, of my family life, of my work, of my ministry commitments, of my rest, of the vision for my life. But I have to do this paradoxical thing of actively loving and appreciating and developing my gifts, right? I said there are these two things, right? We have to reconcile. And being willing to be silent and still, to listen, to let God guide me and make my path straight. Remember Proverbs 3, verse 6. It says, in all your ways be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. So today's challenge, dear listeners, is to stay in that humble but wise place of acknowledging the goodness and beauty of your design, of your God-created gifts and purpose, while trusting the Lord to stretch you and challenge you and teach you How to live in holy wisdom as a child of God made the way you particularly uniquely are made through an understanding of his mercy when you fail, and we all do, and an appreciation and affection for his beautiful design of your being. I say this all the time, probably said it a couple times already today. He loves what he creates, and he is present in what he creates. And it's critical to our happiness and fulfillment of the plans that he has made for us, that we cultivate the interior life throughout the day. Stay close to him. Let him lead. Tune into his voice. He's speaking to you in ways that are unique and personal to you. So in small ways throughout the day, in time set aside, 
in an awareness of his presence in the daily tasks that you are called to do, just in your routines, and especially in prayer, in silence, in being receptive. He is your wattage. Let him light you up. It's almost like we're stained glass. Yes, it's beautiful. But when is it really at its best? When do we appreciate it? When are our souls lifted up to heaven by the beauty of stained glass? When light is shining through it. We've got to let ourselves be lit up. And then when you inevitably hear the enemy say in some way through a person or through your thoughts or your feelings or something not working out, you're not worthy, you're a sinner. If you step out and try to obey this crazy dream that's bubbling up in your soul through those gifts of yours and give glory to God, if you try that, everyone will find out. They'll know your secret. It's all going to come out. They'll see how awful or mediocre or how fake you really are. Because who are you to want more? Who are you to long to live a life that gives great glory to God? That's when you know you're on the right track. In Revelations 12, verse 10, Satan is called the accuser. And it describes how he's cast down by the blood of the lamb, just cast out crushed by the blood of the lamb he accuses that's what he does it's almost like it's his vocation it's horrible a twisted and perverted vocation but it's a truism out there and i'm sure this comes from some great theologian maybe one of you can tell me who it comes from but i keep hearing from speakers and writers that satan is incapable of creating anything he can only distort it So he will try to convince you that your gifts are bad. He will distort them if you let him. Or he'll get you to think that they're scary or not worth developing and deploying for the Lord. Because he knows that your love for God, when you take put yourself under the precious blood of Christ, that casts him out. And by getting you to fear or ignore or neglect your gifts, guess what happens? He gets in between you and the Lord. That lie becomes a barrier. It can be cast out very quickly. But he, if we let him, if we dwell in that, that negative place of impossibility, he gets his salty finger in there and he makes you doubt that God made your gifts good and holy. What does that say about God if he didn't make your gifts good and holy and purposed and beautiful and lovable? So don't let that old hairy legs outsmart you. Be like a little child. Ask God to teach you just how much he loves you. He likes to teach that lesson. Trust in Jesus, snuggle up to Mary's heart, and be brave. St. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, another one of my favorites, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but of power and love and self-control. Hear that? God's power in us. The love that we are to live out self-management and self-awareness and self-correction and growth that is necessary along the way. All these things are good. So this week I'm praying for all of you to be willing to step into the mystery of God's seeming contradictions. Please pray for me to do the same. We've got to remember and remind each other our design is beautiful. 
but he loves us even in our sin, in our misuse of those gifts, those beautiful gifts. doesn't make the gifts not beautiful just to misuse them. That's kind of our lot. So we run to confession. We make amends. We brush ourselves off and start again. And we embrace the holy paradoxes of our walk with our Lord. Good example is if we're powerful in taking action, he may ask us to slow down. If we're deep thinkers and slow ponderers, he may demand action. He'll challenge and stretch you into a place of greater trust so that those beautiful gifts can shine even more brightly. So ask the Holy Spirit to show you the places of paradox where God wants to lovingly challenge you right inside your beautiful gifts. Embrace that mystery. You're not perfect. You don't have to be. He knows. He makes up for what we lack. In this life, we will never be perfect until God takes us into heaven with him and, you know, purifies us in purgatory or purifies us in this life so that we enter heaven at our deaths. We could all be saints. His grace is sufficient. But in the meantime, in this awkward place of knowing that it's all good and beautiful and true, but knowing also that we struggle. He wants to use you and shine powerfully through you now, today. And he wants to call you forward in all sorts of surprising and soul-stretching ways. And if, in all of it, it's always about wanting to pour his love into you even more. He's making space for you to hold and receive more of his love, and then, of course, to pour love through you to others. And in all of that beautiful washing and strengthening of his grace, of your being, of your gifts, to invite you to love him even more in the unique and unrepeatable ways he's created you to love him. So be not afraid. You are full of very good gifts. You're wonderfully made, my friends. Feel free to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. I'm at lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. And if you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to address, I keep thinking about this and I keep forgetting to say it on the show. I'd love to have, you know, throw it in the suggestion box, email me. Or I'll answer questions on the air. I'm happy to do that. All right, I'm praying for you folks. Please pray for me too. God bless you.